Thanks for tuning in to the A Champion's Mind podcast. I'm your host, Mario Ariabe, and I am here with special host, Brian McCulloch, rider for the Elevate KHS professional cycling team. Brian, thanks so much for joining us, man, and giving us a little bit of your time. I'm so happy to be here, Mario. Thank you. I'm a big fan of what you do, and I always love uh, clicking like on the memes and when you're sharing wisdom. So uh, it's a very... Uh, very excited to be chatting with you here today. There you go. Well, Brian came all the way in from California to Texas just to see me and do this podcast episode. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, set the stage for you guys. We are sitting in a hotel room in McKinney, Texas, where uh, Brian will be racing later tonight in the Bike the Bricks Criterium, just one of the bigger criteriums here in the state of Texas. And so Elevate brought a couple of their guys, and uh, they're looking to add some quality to the field, which they will do for sure. But anyhow, without further ado, Brian, if you can, man, just tell us a little bit about um, your kind of lead up into cycling. Like, how'd you get into it? Like, what were you like as a kid? I don't know. Just something something like that. What was I like as a kid? <laughs> I didn't sit down a lot. That's what we, uh, yeah, we, uh, I remember when we were kids, uh, my buddies and I, we had some 20-inch BMX bikes and we just thought we were super cool. And so we would just go ride around all the time. And there was this big, we lived in Reno when we were young. And there was this big mountain. It was called Rattlesnake Mountain, but it's not really a mountain. But when you're 12, it's a mountain. And uh, we would go ride our, our, our 20 inch BMX bikes around this thing on this gravel road. And it was like 20 miles ride. And it would take us like two and a half hours. But we thought, man, we're training. Like, this is what we were doing. Then we, then we were really smart, and we thought we'd do it in sweatshirts because we wanted to sweat a lot, and we saw, like, the local football team doing that. And it was, like, me and my brother and then a buddy of mine. And, uh, yeah, somehow that the doing silly things and, and doing gravel stuff and, and riding bikes a lot just hasn't changed much as I get older. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, that is not like that is not what he's like as a kid. That is Brian now at the tender age of, I don't know, I know I know you're in your 30s, right? Like, like that's still Brian. Uh, if you guys know, Brian has a lot of energy, a lot of enthusiasm, uh, motivator, um, which, which speaks to, so there, there's, I think there's a two-prong approach to that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, take the first uh, prong of, of, the, of the deal here, which is, you know your energy brian like you're you're motivated like why are you so why are you so fired up all the time you know like uh you're you're just always or you always seem to be in a good mood you're always looking for positives like what's the uh, unpack that a little bit for us like what you know why why do you feel that that's uh, important in terms of being a professional in terms of being able to do your job as a professional cyclist uh you know to the best of your ability wow that's that's a lot that's a lot to cover but very but it's also kind of simple i thank you mario that's I would say there's so much to be positive about, and I'm I'm just thankful as a member of Elevate KHS Pro Cycling. You know, Elevate has a real humble roots and started in Texas, and we had a KHS side of the of the house here in California. And so to come out here and be able to race with everyone, it's, there's so much to be positive about. When you come to a race like the Driveway Series last night, or tonight here at bike the bricks i had the good fortune we were here with alfredo uh, rodriguez one of our teammates last year and we helped him win and he's just a stud muffin all the way through but uh in fact we got to race together here last year too huh mario we did That's right we did we did we sweated it out like in the heat the old school <laughs> that was like richard simmons style but like, <laughs> uh but you know when it comes to just 
being positive, I, I have, I'm very fortunate because I have so many things that are positive in my life and I'm surrounded by wonderful people. Part of that, I mean, you're always positive and looking to, to lift people up and I find that if I surround myself with people like that, that it always helps me look for the positive and it helps me get the most out of myself and something that I really enjoy about that this this game of cycling is it's like a crucible right and if you know anything about the military you know in the, in the marines they do what they call the crucible and that's kind of the last big test of you know when you're going through boot camp and it's like you kind of go in as a boy you come out as a man and you come out on the other side a man marine you know what I mean you're a marine you're something special you're something more than that Right, and I think uh, you know, obviously, not to compare cycling to the Marines because that's obviously an incredible organization. But for us, you know, we, for me at least, this crucible, which is bike riding, puts me around the most positive people. It puts me in a situation to allow me to get the best version, the best out of myself, and to become the, a better version of myself. So that's why I'm I'm trying to do that. And it's great to hear that you know people see that as motivating and positive because that's. That's the best part of this sport, and I want to reflect that. Yeah. Well, you gave me an in, which is an in that I wanted. You talked about the team Elevate KHS, the fact that there was an Elevate side to this, and then there was a KH side to this, the Elevate side being from Texas, the KHS side being from California. And then uh, Paul Abrams and John McAllister got together and said, hey, you know what? This would be a good marriage for us to kind of bring this all together, and you guys have. And it's been really cool to see, um, you know, John McAllister being one of my best friends and just getting to getting to watch the evolution of this, you know, quote unquote organization team. Um, and then you guys have a, you guys have a, a, a mission statement, I guess, right? You guys have certain tenets that you guys try to abide by when you're training, when you're racing, when you're interacting with your fans, when you're interacting with your sponsors. What's the number one rule? When we go to a stage race or any race uh, with the boys, we usually have just two simple rules on the team. And rule number one is to take care of each other, right? To always be looking after one another, always be looking to help one another, always be looking to lift each other up, okay? That is really important. So I, I want to, th- I always think about that rule is how can I make this organization, this team, how can I add more value than I take away? Because this team enriches so much in me, right? And you know, three of you talked about tenants. We like to say for KHS bicycles, there's just some of the most wonderful bicycles and just wonderful people. And KHS we think of stands for knowledge, health, and strength. And those are just three tenants that just have guided us. And certainly you see that Elevate was doing something congruent to what we're doing. And, and uh, now it's a bigger and a better we. Right, it's not it's not a California Texas thing. It's a we're an international thing, and we go to races in Taiwan, in Canada. We go all over to be able to race and bring the, our best of all of us to every to each event. So rule number one: always look after each other, look take care of each other, and uh, look to add 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 value and lift each other up. And rule number two is uh, pretty easy as well. It's just have fun, right? And if we're not um, the more serious we take this, it can get to be somber. Serious can be too somber sometimes. So when we keep the mood light and we go have fun, it allows us to be present and be very in the moment and make the best, most clear decisions. And sometimes in cycling, uh, you know, it's a very challenging sport when you're really under 
a lot of pressure, and I don't mean pressure from external pressure as in people are putting pressure on us, but when your heart rate's 180 and you know, you're sweating, your hands are wet, and you know, you're trying to hold on the handlebars and going through corners and there's shadows and dark and or whatever, you know, you're under a lot of physical pressure. And to be able to be calm, to be able to be present and be able to think through clearly in those situations or that those are, like I said, it's a crucible. And that for me is the most fun. I like figuring out how I perform in those situations and how I can perform better and continue to do rule number one, which is take care of our team. And, and part of that is keeping it fun so that when we're in those moments, we can, we can take care of business. Yeah. Man, there's, you know, <clears throat> as you talk to professional athletes, right, um, which I've had several on this podcast, the, the common theme is, you know, I want to have fun, right? I mean, you know, you started doing this as a kid, you know, riding around, making a game of it in your sweats, you know, and riding around on, on dirt bikes and stuff like that. And it's like, that's where it started and you don't want to lose that. But obviously you're a professional cyclist and you're a grown man now. So you're doing it. It looks a little bit different, but we still want that childlike fun to, to come with us because if not, you're right, it is a crucible and it can get very uh, it can get very stale and it can get very, very difficult to carry on if we're not keeping it fun. But at the same time, I know from knowing you personally that you can't just throw a party all the time. You you gotta study. It's hard work. I mean you're you're training, you've got time away from your family, you know, you're having to sacrifice things, you're having to sacrifice for other people. Um, sometimes it doesn't go the way that you want it to. So at the same time that you're have that you want it to be fun, you also need to study and you need to learn and you need to grow and you need to improve because that's that's the task, right? And if you're and if you're charged with being the best version of yourself, which is you know kind of a personal thing that I know that you live by, is just being the best version of yourself. Then you can't just be laughing all the time. There's got to be times where you're sitting there and you're thinking. There's got to be times where maybe you're a little bit critical with yourself and going, "How could I fix? And how could I make this better?" Right? So it's finding that balance between this is work and play. Sometimes it seems like a little bit more work than play, but at some point I need to get back to play because if not, this is going to become something too heavy for me to bear, right? Yeah, you're absolutely right, Mario. I would say that, you know, we tend to think of work and play like a dichotomy, like they don't get along. And uh, and I think that's really an interesting thing for most people is they think, okay, work, work equals you know, despair, like work equals not fun, work equals, you know, has a negative connotation to it. But I really enjoy my work. And I enjoy all kinds of the work that I do, right? There's not every aspect of my job that I like. But at the same time, I like the outcome that is associated, i.e. the better version of myself. So part of that is going through this process and be being humbled by it and being able to be a student of the game and be like, you know, you talked about uh, receiving feedback. And I think that's something that I know as a, you know, I have the the real privilege of working with my wife in, in our company, Big Wheel Coaching. And we, when we think about that, I, I, I think about delivering feedback and I think about receiving feedback in the most productive way. And I think of there's a difference in, in wording if we talk about efficiency versus effectiveness, right? And we talk about efficiency, that just means we're doing things well. But it don't, we don't necessarily judge whether we're doing the right things or the wrong things. We're just doing whatever that thing is, we're doing it well. And uh, when I think about effectiveness, 
right? I think about the word effective. That means I'm doing the right thing. So if I'm doing the right thing first, then I can figure out about if I'm doing that efficiently, right? So anyway, I'm kind of getting slightly off off topic, but when I when I come to this dichotomy of work and play and keeping that balance, you know, I think a high presenting and having a high level of self-awareness um, and developing that in ourselves is so important because I can sit down and say, I'll give you an example, you know, work is just getting crazy, I'm training a lot and we got, you know, all this stuff going on and I'm trying to be there for my wife, she's about a month out from having our, our first child and so all of a sudden time is a little tighter than I kind of had previously thought, right? And uh, so sleep is lacking. Well, as a cyclist, you have to get good sleep. So I found that, you know, meditating for 10 minutes before I go to bed helped me get to sleep faster and get deeper sleep, right? So so we're talking about kind of that, you know, you just got to always make the most of your time and, and uh, balance it all, right? Like, so... Uh, I know I've kind of bounced around on your answer. I'm no, sorry that's about all right. that. But like, no, no, yeah. that's good. That's good. Um, you know, I want to talk about efficiency and effectiveness because I think that's a good one, right? Uh, yeah. One of the examples that I give is, like you talked about doing the right thing. So if I'm hungry, there's a bowl of soup in front of me, then I know that that would, that would fill me, right? Would like that would be me. something that can nourish me and I'm hungry. So the right thing to do is for me to go ahead and, and, and drink that soup, right? That's effectiveness but then if i go to drink that soup with a fork that's not very efficient right but if we're students and we're learning and we're studying then at some point i will begin to realize hey you know what that fork is probably not the best way to to, to have this soup oh look there's a spoon over here this would solve that problem and be more efficient right so i think you're absolutely right you know and this is what paralyzes a lot of people when it comes to the mindset somebody wants to get it right on the first go You know, they want to go, hey, hold on a second. Like, I don't really want to do the struggling part. I just want to be the winner right now. And you can't, right? Like, you you know, you've done a lot of bike races. And and before you can win sometimes, you've got to lose a lot. But learn, now, now lose, not being a bad word, but you've got to lose a lot. But learn from the losses to be able to figure out what it is that's going to get you to the win, right? And, you know, that... I think that's a big difference between honestly amateurs and professionals. I think professionals understand that is a that is a quintessential part of the journey and of the process whereas amateurs are going, "Ah, but that's going to hurt." I mean, no, that's, you know, that's not something that I necessarily want to take on. Um, but anyhow, switching gears. Brian, you are um, you're advanced in years, we'll say that, in relation to your peers, right? In relation to some of the some of the guys you're racing with. I mean, you're in the peloton with guys that are up-and-comers, guys that maybe won't be around for very much longer because they're going to keep moving up the ranks, and we may see them, you know, at the highest level. How, Brian, how do you, um, what are some of the things that you do or that you think and, and the way that you, that you process information that's allowed you, I mean, dude, you're still... You're getting ready to. You guys just got an invite to to uh, Utah, right? Was that official, right? Tour of Utah, yes, yeah. sir. Um, so, how is it that you continue to? Brian's making these rosters. Brian's racing. Brian's still at the pointy end of races, like winning stuff. Like, how is it that you continue to do that? You know, you're older, so people are going. But wait, he's older. He shouldn't be that fast anymore. So, what's the what's the secret? If there is one. I I wouldn't say there's there's a secret Mario but but I I I'm very thankful that you you know you, 
being a part of the Elevate KHS Pro Cycling team, there's a lot of other teams that look for youth and they equal, they equate youth with exuberance and youth with potential and that is excitable, right? Like people love to contemplate and dream about potential, potential, potential. And and we talk about that in our business a lot too. We talk about potential and, but I'm really interested in achieving potential and actualizing the best version Mm -hmm. of where we're at, okay? And so um, being 35, gonna be 36 here pretty quick. Yeah, I'm certainly one of the older guys in any race that I go to, but I never think of it like that. And I'm, I would say now I'm hungrier than I've been when I was younger because I'm seeking mastery. And But when I was younger, I raced a lot on emotion, and I was fueled by a lot of challenges and things that I would try to overcome in my life. And, and um, foolishly, I, I thought that I could use emotion and anger to fuel me indefinitely. And that's just not right. It's not. It's not healthy. But thankfully, I, I had some good people around me that helped me get through that and see that actually the best way forward was becoming a student of the game, seeking mastery, and being humble to be able to see what the best way forward is and work towards it. And so, you know, you talked about people wanting things right now, right now, right now, and something that that I've I've gone through. I, I have a couple years back I broke my hip in a race and I was they you know the doctor was like hey man you're never going to pedal a bike the same you're probably not going to be able to ride you're certainly not going to be able to race and I was like sorry bro you don't know me but okay <laughs> like you say no and I just hear like watch me right <laughs> that's just kind of how it works and maybe that's why I'm on all those rosters is cuz people say no and I say okay watch watch this right but um you know in that process when I was injured I had to ha- find a positive channel to have an uh, an outlet and so I started doing this like Monday motivation thing where I would like try and research a quote and, and kind of just share what it meant to me through my social media stuff. And uh, my wife was really supportive of me to do that because she was she saw that I needed to have something positive instead of just being down in the dumps that I wasn't riding and racing and doing all the things that I love to do in an active lifestyle. And so that Monday motivation kind of went away after I was hurt and I got, or rather I got better and I started racing again and, and uh, you know, I just found a void. Like I kind of missed doing it. And in that research, I, I know there's a long way to get to your point, but in that research I found that there's so many quotes about Michael Jordan saying, hey, I've, you know, how many times have I failed before I got the opportunity to make the championship winning shot? Right, so before he could make that championship-winning free throw or layup or whatever it was, he had failed ten thousand times. You know, when we think of the light bulb with Thomas Alva Edison inventing that. You have these wonderful quotes where he's like, "Oh yeah, the invention took a thousand different revisions to make it right," and he said that, "Oh, nine hundred and ninety-nine of them was just practicing until I could get it right." And so when I think about that, it's I think of grit and tenacity and just not being willing to surrender, right? And quitting is a habit. Quitting is a habit. And, and so if there's one thing that I would love people to do for themselves is just 
don't quit on themselves. Just don't quit on you. Just do me that favor. If you're listening to this and you love what Mario's doing, you love what he's all about and how he's helping try and help you grow and improve and get better, just know this. Like, Just don't quit on yourself ever. And surround yourself with people that won't quit on you and you don't quit on them. And together we're going to hold each other up. We're going to lift each other up. We're going to demand more from each other. And we're going to get better. right? And, and that to me is why I'm still with Elevate KHS Pro Cycling is my because that perspective has no age. That is timeless, right? And I want to be around that and is, and until I am physically unable to do this, I will do this because it's my passion and it allows me to work towards that and be around people that are going to be like, "Hey Brian, I think you can do better and here's how you can do better." And I like I said earlier, I want to seek mastery in this and uh, it that's that's where I want to go with this. I want to understand this sport forward, backwards, top, bottom, all the way around and be able to um, maximize that and in, in my ability to perform and create great results. Yeah, and man, um I didn't pay him to come on here to say some of this stuff, but like, you know, Brian and I click on a lot of the things and a lot of the perspectives that we have on things. And Brian's mentioned mastery a couple times now. And you guys know, if you've been listening to this podcast, you guys know that I mentioned mastery as well. And, you know, I'm, man, I'm going to be 39 this year. Um, and so, you know, Brian's younger than I am, but we're still both kind of fighting that same battle, right? Being that, being up there in age, but since both of us are seeking mastery when it comes to this cycling thing, there's always something to work on. There's always a way to improve. There's always a way to get better, right? So you're right. I mean, when I line up tonight, you know, alongside you and, and the rest of the guys, like I'm not going, oh, that guy's 26. Oh, you know, I'm 38. You know, I mean, we don't see ages, right? We're just looking at the process of racing. How could I be the best version of myself? And then we'll let the chips fall where they may, right? Um, now, that being said, I do. I want to end the the interview talking about where the chips landed. The Belgian waffle ride. <laughs> I want to talk about that. Um, so the Belgian waffle ride. For those of you that don't know, is Brian. Correct me if I'm if I'm inaccurate in any of this. It's a it's a ride that takes place in California. How long is it? It's 135 miles. It might be a little bit more than that, but we'll just say it's 100. <laughs> it's 135 miles, and it's not all paved. No, there's about 50 or 60 miles of it are dirt, and uh, obviously not all in one section. And uh, there's about 12,000 feet of climbing or something like that. It's a very demanding race, and just uh, if I can tell you guys about the Belgian Waffle Ride, I. I uh, it is an event that must be experienced to be appreciated because it is it's a happening it's like my favorite part of it is that you go in in the morning and they they start up at 5 a.m a friend of mine uh, sam ames just goes out there with the with the gear grinder grill and they're making belgian waffles and bacon and everything and coffee and everybody sits down at these picnic benches and breaks bread and uh then at 7 a.m we roll out and uh smash and then when you get back from smashing, you know, some people were at six and a half hours and somebody, some people were at 12. But when people are coming in, you're having, again, Belgian waffles and uh, fries and beer after and just talking and having a good time and sharing the day's adventures. And uh, for some people, it's an adventure. For some people, you know, I think that, that race, you really have to be, everybody brings out a little bit of their own warrior spirit in them. And, uh, you know, you can kind of share those stories amongst your tribe, right? Like these are our people and these are the people that, 
that share our common values and understand our um, what we're striving for. And so when you get to go out there and you get to do that with them, and then everybody has that same challenge, right? And whether it doesn't matter whether you were first or last, you still had to overcome something in yourself. You had to you had to get in your in the pain cave. You had to dig it a little deeper. You had to find a little more, and then you found like, oh wow. There is more, right? Like if you surrender to it, and and I don't mean surrender isn't quit. I mean just like go with it. When you're in the in in the pain cave, sometimes you just keep it going, and you'll be surprised at what you got in there. Because we are we are wholly better than we give ourselves credit for ninety nine percent of the time, and you guys know that because you've been listening to Mario tell you that as well. Yeah. Um. Well, Brian, man, thanks for your time. Ah, I'm kidding. Get out of here. Come on. You you won it, man. You won the Belgian waffle ride this year, right? So, yeah. you know, all those nice things about it, I, I agree. I've heard that it is a marquee event that, you know, that, that we should go check out. I haven't done it either, so it's one that I definitely need to put on my calendar. But but you won it this year, man. And, uh, you know, I read an article about that and, and just going through kind of the event and some of the emotions and some of the experiences that you had – just tell us a little bit about your ride and your journey and maybe some of the highs you had and some of the lows that you had on the ride and some of the realizations that maybe you made. I don't know, just any anything just, you know, uh, that you got from, from that experience. It was a really interesting day. Uh, it starts out, there's 1,100 riders, like I said, so kind of everybody starts out and we go race and you go out and race and, uh, you know, it kind of gets trimmed down pretty quickly. Um, to you know, goes down to a group of a hundred, and then it's down to a group of fifty, and then down to a group of thirty, and then you know, there's this big main climb they call Black Mountain, and uh, after we got out of Black Mountain, there was like thirteen of us, and uh, that was really hard for a while. And then we went through another couple sections, and there was down to nine of us, and uh, you know, we were about three hours and forty five ish minutes. I'm I don't really look at miles, I just look at time, and uh, so we're about three forty five into it, and I'm like okay, cool, like, you know, the guys with three-hour fitness are going to come undone in the next 30 minutes, and, like, there's going to be some guys who come undone in the next hour, and I got to try and be ready to rock at, like, six hours. <laughs> and uh, so just eating and drinking and eating and drinking, and um, so we went through uh, we went through some really challenging dirt sections, and then it was down. There was, like, nine of us, I think, or, or maybe seven. I can't recall exactly. But a couple guys had teammates, and uh, I don't I didn't want to play that game because uh, I will lose. The rest of us were singles. So we came out of a dirt section, and uh, there was about an eight-minute road climb. And I, I didn't smash it, but I just went and rode hard on the front. And uh, the reason for that was... Uh, uh, I wanted to split out the other teammates and make them work, and then all of a sudden it was man on man. So then it was five of us after that, and we rode kind of the next hour of the five of us, and uh, that was pretty cool. And so we rode around the five of us, went into one of the critical dirt sections, and uh, got a little mixed up with you know we had just some dirt and crashes, and just there's always a little bit of drama in these kind of bike races. So you know there's some crashes and this that the other and. Anyway, I kind of came out of it thinking I was chasing. I came out of the dirt section thinking I was chasing. I thought that I was fourth on the road, um, but it turned out that three guys in front of me had turned gone the wrong way on the course, but I didn't know this. So I thought I was chasing these three riders, and uh, that was about it. 
4 hours 45 minutes, something like that. And I finished the race at 6 hours and 35 minutes. And so I thought, oh man, I think I was, I was prepared for a 7-hour race. So I thought to myself, oh man, I didn't come this far, train this hard. Like I've got, and I'll tell you, it sounds kind of crazy. My wife's pregnant with our first boy and our first baby and he's boy. And, and I was like, I got to do this for baby Brian. That's, that's not his real name, but we, it's like a working title, right? Like my <laughs> wife, my wife just calls him baby Brian for fun. Right. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, like, I was like, man, I, I like my wife is going to be ashamed of me unless I get on the podium here. I like, I got to step it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought these three guys are going to ride away from me. So I rode as bloody hard as I could for an hour and a half. And nobody really talked to me. But all of a sudden, I was like, there was a camera car there. They had like this motion picture camera, like a stunt car. It was like a car with a camera on it. And then there was like a lead car. But it didn't say lead car because then I could have figured it out that I was first on the road. I didn't realize. And I had a motorcycle, two CHPs, <laughs> and, a, and a SRAM car. And I was like, man, Belgian Waffle Ride's got a lot of stuff going on for fourth place. This is pretty cool, right? And I'm thinking to myself, and so uh, literally about an hour and a half, I've been smashing myself for an hour and a half solo in like this rolling headwind uphill, downhill, uphill, downhill, this headwind, and gone through a couple of dirt sections solo. And uh, uh, there was a shift change. So the CHP kind of comes up to me, and then he gets his partner, and he comes up, and they're all on motorcycles, and, and they kind of one guy rotates out. And the guy was like, hey, you're the leader, right? And I was like, nah, bro, I'm fourth. And he was like, no, nah, dude, you're the leader. And I was like, man, these guys don't even know what they're talking about. Like, I know what I'm talking about. But, of course, he was right. I was wrong. And so, um, anyway, I had about an hour, half an hour. There's this big main climb at the end called uh, Double Peak. And that was when uh, somebody came up to me on a, motor, on a motorcycle, a support motorcycle, and was like, hey, You've been leading for an hour and a half since you came out of that dirt section. Uh, four guys have been chasing you, like, going as hard as they could, and they were at two minutes, and now they're at 30 seconds. And you better, if you think you want to win this thing, you got to go find something special. And I was like, man, I find something special. I've been riding hard for an hour and a half. Like, I can't see anything. I'm going. I'm so smashed. I'm gonna about to go up a 12 14% climb for about 15 minutes. And uh, anyway, I'm pretty proud to say that uh, Ted King was in that group and a former teammate of mine, Ulysses Castillo, who rides for Jelly Belly now, and some other really good bike riders were in that group. And um, so we got to the top of the Double Peak Climb, which is kind of like the iconic climb there. And I mean, I just, I was doing everything, but you know, I just remember, here's what I remember from the Double Peak Climb. There was two people. One was an adult, one was a child. I don't remember if the adult was male or female, but the, I do remember the child was this lovely young blonde girl, um, you know, cute as a button. And I remember her saying to her, I'm assuming, parent figure, like, Mommy or Daddy, why is, why is he drooling? <laughs> and that was when I realized, like, I, I really don't look that good. I'm not in a good way, right? Like, this isn't... Because I, I wasn't trying to, like, you know, look like a slob or anything, but I just... Yeah, apparently I'd gone pretty deep, right? And uh, so anyway, I got to the top of that climb and was 10 seconds clear of Ted King, and Ted King had dropped everybody else. So it was uh, he dropped the other three guys and came, and then he uh, there was some a dirt descent, and long and the short of it is he uh, he caught me on the dirt descent, then he tried to attack me on the downhill, but then we made contact and we both almost crashed, and then I was like. <laughs> You know, he he was riding a gravel bike, and I'm riding these skinny road tires. Like, exactly, I'm just riding my training bike. Like, I have tubeless 28 slicks, like with rim brakes, and he's got like, you know, he's just smashing me on the downhill. So I'm chirping the corners and sending it, and like just puckering and hoping for the best. 
And uh, we come out of that dirt section, and it was like 10 miles of road, and I was like, man, I'm going to go crit nasty on this guy. Like, I'm going to smash it. I don't <laughs> even care. Like, uh, we've come this far. I, you know, and I will tell you guys, like, I had a bad moment where I felt sorry for myself, and I was like, man, I come this far. Now I got caught. Oh, my gosh. Ted King's, you know, we're in the Tour de France. Like, I'm going to get smashed. And, uh, you know, positive self-talk is so important. And it's okay if you feel sorry for yourself sometimes, man, but be your own support system. Pick yourself up. Believe you're better. Demand it of yourself. Demand excellence from yourself. And uh, I just thought of all the people, all the sponsors. I mean, we had so many, we have so many great sponsors at Elevate KHS Pro Cycling. I, I can't tell you how many people called me personally after winning Belgian Waffle, but I thought about them in the moment because I was like, hey, I got to make them proud. They've been sponsoring us for 10 years you know, and I've been a part of the program for so long, like I, I can do this for them. If they can get up every morning and go hustle at their job and sell pedals and make awesome bibs and, and have great bar tape and saddles and, you know, pedals and shoes or everything that we have, you know, we're so fortunate to have these great sponsors. I thought, man, these people can hustle every day. Like I can suffer for another 30 minutes. And, uh, Ted King attacked me like three more times and I just answered every time. And then uh, there was two quick turns with like 200 meters to go. And I was like, man, I'm going to be first into that. And I don't care. I'm going to go as hard as I can. I'm going to send it. And I went as hard. I attacked into the corner, was first through the corner. And it was great because we were like, like I said, we were preparing for like a seven-hour race. We were like half an hour faster than they expected. So it was a real fast race this year. And uh, so it's like six hours, 35 minutes. And we come around the last two turns and like, it's not clear runway. So there's a shorter ride of the Belgian waffle ride called the wafer. And I, I felt kind of bad, but some folks are coming in, you know, finishing the wafer ride. They're putting their hands up there. They need their moment to celebrate. And I, I felt kind of rude, but here I am, you know, chirping the tires around the corner with Ted King on the wheel, like just like coming around these two corners, crazy hot. And there's people on the inside celebrating and, like, car parked in the way. <laughs> and I'm just, like, swerving around it. So the police Ted, chase on the freeway. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, and Ted and I came around, and I, I, I squeaked it out in the finish, but he and I were sprinting against the barriers, you know, and, and that was really exciting because in, in all the years of the Belgian Waffle Ride, they've never had a, a, a sprint finish. They've always had it being a solo finish. And uh, so they were, everyone was like, oh my gosh, this is big. You know, they expected Ted King to ride away with it. And uh, here I was just this little bowling ball of a bulldog. It just wasn't going to like, you meatball. know, yeah, a little, little meatball. <laughs> and I was like, man, you give me a, give me a little taste. I'm going to take the whole thing. And, <laughs> but uh, anyway, it was really cool, really exciting experience. And, uh, you know, I know you're, uh, you're a big topical edge fan. Obviously I am. And uh, I kind of literally, I, I fell at the finish line. Like I, I just couldn't, like couldn't stand up, couldn't hold myself up. And one of the gentlemen from Topical Edge, his name is Jeff Byers, and he's just a great man, and they have an incredible product I use all the time. And uh, he lifted me up and carried me over to the, the finishing area where I could, like, you know, debrief and get some water on me. And, you know, they wanted to, like, take pictures because I looked awful. I, I Maybe that little girl was traumatized, and she's got to see more pictures of me drooling. So I'm sorry. I apologize I look so bad. Yeah. Um, so power – power of the power of the mind right i mean you mentioned it but i hope that the listener didn't gloss over it if they're stuck in traffic or didn't pay attention during that moment ted king has ridden the tour de france the biggest bike race that any cyclist could ever dream of or has participated in and then you've got brian mcculloch just a local boy from reno you know settled down in california and 
he won, right? Uh, just to show kind of the power of a mindset, just believing in yourself. Even if he wouldn't have won, he learned and took himself to a place that maybe he had never been before. And now that's the new standard for how hard I can go. If I need to go there, I can go there, right? So just a really great story, Brian. Thanks for sharing that. You took my line because I saw the picture online of um, the gentleman from Topical Edge kind of ushering you out and helping you to get your vitals back in check, right? Um, ushering or carrying. Yeah, I think car- that was carrying. Yeah, so, uh, but yeah, um, it, it's not a secret if you've been listening to the podcast now for a little bit. Um, I, I'm thankful, grateful, as Brian says, to have Topical Edge partnering with and supporting the A Champion's Mind podcast. And they also support and sponsor and partner with Elevate KHS Pro Cycling. And so what we're going to do here is we're going to give away two tubes of Topical Edge uh, cream. So in case you don't know what this stuff is, I'm going to give you the short and skinny. Um, Lactic acid is something that your body produces to let your body know, hey, you should probably slow down and stop going so hard because if you don't, something bad's going to happen. So lactic acid is essentially kind of putting the e-brake on your car and slowing it down. Um, Since it's an acid, then somebody at some point figured out, hey, sodium bicarbonate, otherwise known as baking soda, is a base. And if we can get some of that in our system, then it will neutralize that lactic acid. And again, mindset, we can actually trick the mind and neutralize that acid. And the mind will go, hey, there's no lactic acid in my system. Let's keep going. We're having a great time. The problem is, as you you know have heard, is like sodium bicarbonate, baking soda, you can ingest it and people have because it works, but it doesn't do very nice things for you in terms of your stomach. Um, hence, you start praying to the, to the porcelain god, so uh, otherwise known as the toilet. So what these folks at Topical Edge have figured out is there's the, they, they've invented a cream that if you put it on your legs is just like ingesting sodium bicarbonate. So you lotion this stuff down on you and it will do that and help get that lactic acid out of your system so that you can actually go longer, you can recover better, you can train harder. And uh, sitting in front of me right now is, I've heard stories going around the team bus at Elevate KHS that there is nobody that consumes more topical edge than Brian McCullough. (laughs) And he loves it and he does everything short of taking a bath in the stuff. But obviously... Um, it got him through a six and a half hour um, ride, you know, race, not a ride, a race. Um, so we want to give some of this stuff away to you because we believe that it works and we believe in the product and we believe in the people that work out there. We think they're great folks uh, and we want to see them be successful. So what we're going to do is if you jump on over to the Elevate KHS Facebook page and if you jump on over to the Utmost Performance Facebook page, and if you jump onto both of those, and you're the first person to comment with the word, Brian? Does it have to be a single word? It, no, give us something. No, it doesn't okay, have to be a single okay. word. What do you here, got? Here it is. Here it is. Okay. Uh, well, all right. I was going to say, uh, oh, man. I was going to try and come up with something witty, but now I don't really have anything witty. So uh, let's just say... All right, I love. I mean, I I use the. <laughs> I mean, two times topical edge is the best. I'm just telling you, if you if you use it once, like use it twice, because I I always put double application on. So I think double application needs to be the. All I right. use it twice, so maybe double application. Okay, that's it. So you jump on over to Elevate KHS Facebook page, 
comment with double application be the first person to comment with that and I will send you out a tube I'll, I'll, I'll message you uh, off the grid and get your address and I will mail that out to you jump on over to the utmost performance Facebook page and be the first to comment with double application and I will do the same for you you can't win them both so don't try to jump on over to both pages but hey you know what like it share it I mean we would love your support Brian um, last thing I want you to do I want you to shout out you, you mentioned it briefly here Big Wheel Coaching, they do some great things. Shout out Big Wheel Coaching. Tell us where we can find out more about that as well in case any folks are interested in uh, in picking your brain and jumping on board with you guys. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, my wife and I have a – my wife started our business just about 10 years ago now, and she was a PE teacher, and she just wanted to do PE for adults. And so the idea – she was a professional mountain biker and professional road cyclist, and she she wanted to help her friends and athletes – be able to get more out of themselves and you know we just we're obviously incredible partners but also friends and business partners and you know she uh she just inspires me on so many levels my my wife joy is amazing and i uh we've just taken that ethos with big wheel coaching it's like wherever you are at today wherever you are at today is excellent and we want to help you make each day after this better so we we always think of it like there's a some of road cycling is very intimidating for people and so when i think about where we want to go right if it's the belgian waffle ride if it's the hot route if it's leadville if it's the bike the bricks crit on friday night if it's tulsa tough if it's a you know st george grand fondo that's your tour de france that is your whatever your tour de france is the thing I love about getting uh, having a cycling coach, being a cycling coach, and there are many wonderful cycling coaches, by the way. Um, you know, collaboration is key, I believe. But please, please, please do yourself that favor and helps help yourself enjoy and maximize your your abilities when you go to your Tour de France, whatever that is, whether it's a Grand Fondo, whether it's a local crit, a road race, a cyclocross event, anything like that. Like that's that's really what we're all about at Big Wheel Coaching is we want to help you be great at your Tour de France. So wherever you're at, we want to help you get better. There you go. All right. Website? Uh, bigwheelcoaching.com. You can see us on Facebook and Instagram at Big Wheel Coaching. And, um, you know, check us. Check me out. I'm, I'm a BMC on bike on Instagram if there's any of that stuff. Like, you know, I'm, I'm always uh, trying to get better at that stuff. So, get, the Monday, get your Monday motivation. He's got Monday motivation. Oh, that's right. I've got some Monday motivation. Check that out on the – yeah, there check that go. out. Thank you very much, Mario. It's just Brian, an absolute privilege. Yeah, thank you. man. No, thank you for your time, and uh, we'll see how Bike the Brick shakes out tonight, man. We're going to have a ton of fun, bro. All right, brother. Love Later. it. Thanks for being you, on, man. You're the man.